Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2019. My name is Amato, and with me are... Tori. Otini. And Dom. <laughs> <laughs> is that Dom in Jawa? Yeah, I thought it was obvious. Yeah, I, I figured. <laughs> um, that one time in high school I played a Jawa in Star Wars Die 20. Man, that, we had some fun in that one, I think. Oh, Star Wars D20. Oh, my God. I made a Jedi that used mainly the blaster. <laughs> I haven't played that since I was, like, 12. Um, my character had, like, a sick, like, undercut with, like, a rat tail because I looked just like um, the character in Treasure Planet. <laughs> movie I loved at the time. And their name was, like... Uh, like, Terra or something. Like, something like T-E-R-R. <laughs> Terran, like... Like the word for Earthling, I don't even know. But I made my Jedi that used the blaster, mm-hmm. so I can get around certain specific wordings of the Jedi Code, which prohibited <laughs> yeah. your weapon, which was the lightsaber, to be used for uh, immoral or selfish purposes. Oh yeah. So I can mug people with a blaster just as long as I didn't use my lightsaber. Yeah, my my character <laughs> That's was no like side there was yeah. like cross class <laughs> like Jedi and rogue or whatever the the blaster carrying Han Solo characters were. <laughs> My my Jawa was a droid hunter by trade, and I think I had like scoundrel or bounty hunter or something as my mm-hmm. base class. But later scoundrel, on, scoundrel that was the class. Yeah. Later on, another character did teach me the Force, and I got Force adept, not actual Jedi, but Force adept as a class. <laughs> I have no idea why anyone was willing to teach me to use the Force. We must have been a real bunch of like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Kind of loose to the rules, I think. Yeah. Was it you that like huh. made a droid that had a compartment, weapon compartment that you oh, put it? Oh, so good. Yeah. I used our <laughs> winnings after an adventure to buy an R2 unit because before then I had bought a few battle droids. And battle droids are awesome because they're dirt cheap. They're horrible. But like then you can have some droids walking by you going like Roger Roger and shooting things with a blaster. And that's amazing, right? <laughs> but I bought an R2 unit, which are pricey, but they're really good. And, you know, they got a good positive attack bonus. And you can install a secret compartment in one. And the secret compartment can be big enough to hold a lightsaber. <laughs> and I just figured I would acquire a lightsaber. Because we were fighting some evil, like, Sith and stuff. There's right? lightsabers flowing around. We were yeah. mugging some yeah. lightsabers. And I figured that we would just keep it in the R2 unit secret compartment. And it could extend on a little arm. And go like, boom. <laughs> I think I was actually foiled in doing that rules as written. Because it couldn't take the feat to get lightsaber proficiency. Yeah. Because it yeah. was a droid. But I just figured that could still come in handy, right? Like, yeah. you need to cut out of something. You have a lightsaber <laughs> in your R2 though. unit. Like, I mean, you could take a lightsaber. Uh, theoretically, a droid could be a lightsaber proficient, right? I mean, I feel like they should be. Like, able anything could hold a lightsaber. A, a table doesn't have to be, like, to use the Thor equivalent, it doesn't have to be worthy in order to have a lightsaber rest on it, right? Yeah, if it's a button, <laughs> you right. press it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, when I was staying at a hotel outside of a Giverny on my France mm-hmm. trip, like it went to a couple of places and they have like a bunch of bookshelves. I always like to play what's the weirdest thing I could find on the bookshelf. On that particular shelf, there was a copy of the Star Wars RPG in French. Mm. And I think that's that's the gold medal winner of weirdest thing I found on a bookshelf. Nice. In any hotel there. Was it the D20 one? That was older. Oh, yes. The D6 space system. Um, who put that so out? So you bought that, I'm assuming. Well, I, I could have stolen it, but I, I didn't want to. <sighs> You're not enough of a gentleman thief, Dom. Apparently, <laughs> yes. Wrong on both accounts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were all gentlemen in the last the last podcast. Well, I, I said gentlemanly, I believe. Oh, yes, correct. Yes. All right. One does not have to be a gentleman, which is good. Good. To, yes. to behave I, I believe that anyone can be a gentleman regardless of gender is what I'm trying to express, but I like gentlemanly. <laughs> um. Now, speaking of our own original Star Wars characters, mm-hmm. our fanfic today is Ranker Delivery. It is by ZP Florian, which is a great pen name. I just, <laughs> I like the pen naminess of that. Very good. Very Star Wars. I mean, it could, right. Yeah, it is very Star Wars. Bordering on Futurama. Yeah. You know, like Zap, <laughs> it's almost Zap Brannigan. ZP Florian. It, is it? Isn't it? I guess. But I think, like, good Star Wars and good Futurama, there might be some intersection in names there. <laughs> Maybe so. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Zoidberg, you know? <laughs> now, Zoidberg. Zoidberg. <laughs> Zoidberg. ZP Zoidberg, yeah. Yeah, Zoid something. Now, this fanfic, 
I chose it for one thing because it's short. Mm-hmm. Another thing, it's off of the Karelian Embassy, which is this, or was this really great site that scanned or typed up old Star Wars stories that originally appeared in zines and archived them. And it's it's a really good resource. Mm-hmm. Now, the description for this one on the Karelian Embassy, and you can find a link there, by the way, at bit.ly slash rfrranker to the page in question. The description was... Um, Rancor. R-A-N. There. If you've ever wondered who delivered the Rancor of Jabba the Hutt to Tatooine, this is the story for you. <laughs> of course it was Han Solo. Who else? First appeared in I Don't Care What You Smell Number 1 in 1995. Uh. <laughs> Winner of the Star <laughs> Award for Best Medium Story 1996. Medium length? Me- medium length. Uh, best Medium Story, yeah. Okay. And there's a few things about that description. For one thing, I Don't Care What You Smell is a great name for a <laughs> zine. Yeah. Also, just a great statement in general, I think. <laughs> for another thing, Star Award is a great name for a Star Wars fanfic award. Yeah. Star Award. Award. <laughs> Capital W. Mm-hmm. And for the third thing, from that description, I wasn't expecting what the fanfic was. Mm-mm. No. That was not what I expected. The fanfic's pretty good. The fanfic? Yeah, mm-hmm. like... It won an award. That's why yeah. I chose it. Because I had you a mean reason it, to think it was award. good. It won an award. So um, this is a story that with um, Han and an original character of theirs. Yeah. But can a, I just... Oh, go on. Well, and I just wanted to say, like, I... If you go to um, elusivelover.com slash zbforian something, 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 it has all their other um, stories with Han and this character, most of which are apparently slash fiction. Mm-hmm. And... You also get greeted by this wonderful, wonderful picture of the original character. <laughs> that clearly appeared in some zine first. Yeah. It's a scan of a page from a zine with an illustration. Mm. Of a, how do you describe it? Like an Akio-like pose? <laughs> it's an incredibly Akio-like pose from Utena. This is like yeah. Akio on a bed or a car. His shirt's open. This is the new character. Yeah. His head's back. His eyes are closed. And it's apparently like a jumpsuit, I think, that's zipped down all the way. <laughs> he's reaching for his crotch. You can't see the, you know, the contact because it's tasteful. And um, Han Solo is like leaning against the doorway, looking at his looking, face, looking gazing. concerned. I don't know. Like, no, not n- not that concerned. Like annoyed, <laughs> almost annoyed, but not even that annoyed. Just like, really? <laughs> no, he was just he, so like. I think you can get it from the context in this fic. Yeah. That he's just like, this guy is a little much for him, but he right. loves him for that. I feel like that's the expression he has. He's like, really, dude? But also, like, I totally expected this. Right. And also, there's apparently a lot of more slash fiction with these characters and different stories. Yeah. I knew none of that going in. I knew it was a Han Solo story from the description. Mm-hmm. I expected it to be Han and Chewie. Now, the one thing, at the very beginning of the story... Han and Chewie have a conversation. And yeah. my mind was blown because it's just them talking in Does, text. Like, literally the thing I was about to say. Yeah. My favorite thing about this entire fan fiction, Chewie's dialogue is translated yeah. into English. I feel just like... like every other Star Wars character. Yeah, this and Knights of the Old Republic, only ones that have, like, conversations with Wookiees. Yeah. Which is, like, why wouldn't you have that? Of course, it's, like... As a movie novelty thing, whatever, but like if you have an extended universe and you're talking to people, why would you remove a character? <laughs> like, right. It's like it's a fun gag in a movie medium, like, you know, I guess, even though it does kind of remove him as a character to some extent. Yeah. It does. But, but it was just supposed to be like a visual thing. That, right. That was it. Right. I mean, the, the thing is, is that Chewie's played up as a gag. He's implied to be a, a real, you know, feeling person given a whole culture and a whole background, but. The fact that you can't understand what he's saying is continuously a gag. It's a loss, I think. He has a rich yes. culture and relatives like Lumpy, <laughs> and they celebrate Life Day. No, 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 we don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, no thanks. <laughs> but yeah, they just have a conversation at the beginning, and I feel like I've read Star Wars novels, like, officially, where they avoided having Chewie just straight out, like, talk <laughs> in do. translated words. I feel um, like that's the flavor of the thing. It almost felt weird to hear it this way because I've read a lot of Star Wars novels and they almost never right. have Chewie really speak. You can understand what he's thinking and feeling a lot of the time, but actually speaking. And there are Wookiee characters in the the Young Jedi books. There's one in particular mm-hmm. who's friends with Jason and Jaina who are the twins that Han and Leia have in the, the, like, the Young Star Wars books. 
Um, but I, I don't remember if they translate her dialogue or not either. Um, but she's like a really important character, the Wookiee character in that. So it just, it felt really good to me to hear Chewie like actually his words in this. Yeah. Now, Chewie is taunting, um, making fun of Han, who's like waking up with a huge, what do you call it when you drink beer? And too much. Hangover. A hangover, yes, thank you. You wow. precious little baby. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never had one of them, so like, I, it doesn't stick in my head. Me? No, I'm not kidding. How do you get to be 32 years old and never have a hangover? Well, I just, I'm, I'm extremely square. <laughs> yeah, you're like a, a box sitting in front of my eyes. <laughs> uh, uh, well, probably Chewie's with me, because Chewie doesn't have a hangover. No. No. Oh, yeah, no, because Chewie's, like, Chewie's really responsible, responsible and shit. Yeah. Chewie was the designated driver. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Chewie stopped Han from drinking that thing that was probably poison at some point. Yeah, <laughs> but Han got totally wasted and was like hanging out with a bunch of other uh, whatever smugglers, like independent contractors, ne'er do wells, ne'er do wells. <laughs> and while extremely drunk, he he agreed to deliver a rancor to Jabba the Hutt from this planet Belia to Jabba the Hutville. Free of charge. Free of charge. And Just to prove, because no one wanted to do it, and he was like, ah, it's no big deal for a Corellian like me. By the way, this is like the first time I've heard Corellian, and I heard it so much in this vig. <laughs> Every other paragraph has Corellian in there somewhere. In the original trilogy, it it's a familiar it's word for a Star Wars thing, but is that what Han is? Han is Corellian? They're from that planet, yes. Corellia. Hannes Corellian, um, it's not made a big deal of in the original films, but more so in the novels where they explore his background, mm. kind of growing up on the streets. Mm. He's not thought well of because of his background. And I don't remember specifically if Corellian has something to do with that, but this fic kind of implies it does. Corellians are not thought well of, etc. I had to look it up. And according to Wikipedia, like Corellians have a reputation of being like a adventurers and pilots and spacefarers. Oh, of course they do, because it's a Star Wars expanded universe, and if you have a single character in canon, mm-hmm. the race, the default is that character. Right, just like how all, sure, all yeah. Mandalorians are like Boba Fett, they're proud warrior bounty hunters. All Grebos are also yeah. bounty hunters. Exactly. Right, right, right. <laughs> all elephant men play world circle pianos. <laughs> if, you, if you're a Twi'lek, you're a performer, right. You're a dancer. Right. A dancer God, specifically, God. Yeah. I never thought of that. That's... The friggin' Star Wars expanded Unless universe. you're a Jedi in the right. like prequel movies or something. Yes, Jedi can supersede your yeah. race, I suppose. I guess. Anyway. Otherwise, you're a stereotype. Anyway, it's kind of dumb. But uh, Chewie can afford to be smug about this because he's not going along on the job. He's going back to visit his family. Yeah. The way it's presented is Han wakes up. He has no recollection of the previous night. And it's just Chewie telling him in completely translated dialogue mm-hmm. that it's like, Hey, you don't remember last night? Guess what's up? You're transporting a rancor. Guess what's happening? I'm going home on vacation. All right, have fun with that. Yeah, he's he's kind of rubbing it in. Yeah. Yes, he's rubbing it in quite a bit. And so Han has to go find a co-pilot. He goes down to, can- goes down to the cantina in Moss Eisley, of course. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I need a co-pilot for a short trip. And everyone's like, nope, nope, nope. I'm allergic to rancors. No. Right. <laughs> I'm a- I need to visit my sick uncle. Like joke excuses. And- right. Yeah. And the only person who's like, oh, I, I know all about rankers, not a big deal, is Han's good friend, Herlivian Zalnodes. Zal. Zalnodes. It's a spelled Z-A-L, etc. And it's mentioned in the paragraph of a different fanfic that, um, please pronounce Xal as Xal. Xal. Written out as K-S-A-L, not S-H-A-L, not Z-A-L. He is fussy about that. <laughs> Xalnodes. Right. And yes. Which means uh, you're pr- I'm pretty much guaranteed not to try to say the name for the rest of this episode. <laughs> he's Xal. Mm-hmm. He's normally called Xal as a short, in the same w- short inversion, in the same way that it's usually Han, right? Right. Xal. So, Xal's this guy who's buds with Han, but apparently not such buds that they are partners all the time. And he's also from Corellia. Yeah. He, what's his physical description here? Um, he's just out of jail, apparently. 
Yeah, he's that's a, not a lot of people in that circle. As always, a bit less than clean and a lot less than respectable looking in his screaming red glitter silk flight suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fabulous. Beautiful. <laughs> That's and screaming red. It's screaming not just very red, red, hot red. I it's love screaming. this too because he also has red curly hair, like apparently like a thick mane of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like such an interesting thing where it's like people with red hair ready, wearing red clothes. It's like <laughs> screaming for attention, right? <laughs> this character is definitely screaming for attention. Yes. He's got a loose gray long coat as well. Which is apparently filled with an indeterminate amount of alcohol mm-hmm. and booze. Mm-hmm. And... Saul's willing to go along with this just because he's like, he's one of those friends who's like down for whatever, right. I guess. Uh, it's Corellian pride, they called it. They said that they can't afford to see a Corellian that's afraid to take a job, so. Mm. Yes, well, you know, all Corellians are smugglers and shippers. Like I said, I haven't heard, well, yeah. there's a lot of shipping. I mean, of course there. <laughs> well, there are, um, there are Han Solo novels written mm-hmm. a long time ago in the, in the Star Wars canon that describe his youth and kind of where he got to be where he was. You, you mean the the solo movie? Oh yeah, there is a movie too. <laughs> that, that actually felt pretty accurate to the books when I saw that movie. But yeah, like if you've seen that movie, if you read those books, like you kind of grew up like not knowing his parents, like running the streets, etc. And apparently, that's kind of most Corellian kids like kind of just grow up to be smugglers because they grew up on the streets. Like, where are the parents? I don't know, but and, that's and Corellia also, for you. Corellia is like the. Galaxy's shipyard apparently too. Makes yeah, lots yeah. of ships. Okay. Yeah, it, it, I, I kind of get the idea like of Corellia that it's supposed to be like the lower class neighborhood of the galaxy or something. Well, it, you it, know? It's like a seedy port town, I think. Yeah, something like that. Seems the, the movie doesn't do it like that, but no. the books kind of did. Now, the dynamic between Han and Saul is basically that Han's the straight man and Saul's the like. How do you describe him? Uh. <sighs> Drunken friend? <laughs> Drunken, quirky friend. Uh, uh, enabler. <laughs> He's revelatory. That's accurate. <laughs> He's like, hey, I, I have, like, these three types of brandy. Like, He's what are we drinking on the friend. way? He's the party friend. He's yeah. the one where, like, if you really want to have a good time, you call him up, and he takes you out, and he, like, knows your boyfriend just dumped you, but he's, like, <laughs> down to, like, cheer you up. But, like, you know, if anything, like, real serious ever happens, he's kind of like, well, I'm kind of busy. Because all, uh... <laughs> comes on the Millennium Falcon with a actual duffel bag full of different types of liquor and booze and mm-hmm. goo and what what else? Yes. <laughs> the one that will be a Chekhov's gun is the Tuscan goo, which is like some kind of incredibly deadly stuff, right? It's the Wait, least no, appetizing it, sounding thing I ever. <laughs> Tuscan goo. It's blue, apparently. Uh, apparently... Yeah, it doesn't look good, but it is alcoholic. So. And if you don't mix it with water, it literally kills you. <laughs> yes, that's what they say. You have to mix it up before you can drink it. And they're on their way. Uh, booze in hand, drinking and talking about things Corellians talked about, as the ship, uh, not as the ship, as the the fanfic says. Right. Um, as the fanship says. <laughs> so they're good friends. They have lots to chat about. They travel for days. Mm-hmm. Most of the fanfic is them going and picking up the rancor and getting it back. Now, I mean, that's the body of the fanfic. I don't really want to go, go blow by blow in the middle there because for the whole, until the last third of the story or so, I was kind of waiting for any plot to happen. Like, things are mildly inconvenient for them a lot. You can kind of sum it up just as... They have problems bringing back the Rancor. Right, but it's not even, like, dramatically snowballing problems or problems that, like... It's like annoyances bringing back the Rancor for the first part of the story. They're losing parts of the ship where it might no longer be operable at some point. Well, later on in the story they are. Once the Rancor is kind of, like, dealing damage inside the ship. Right. I mean, like, they pick it up. It's like, oh, we're not going to load it on. That's annoying. They have to pay to have it loaded on. Or it's like, oh, it needs to eat these animals, which are really annoying to feed it. That's annoying. And, like... A whole lot of time is spent on that, and it's these two are constantly talking. Like, mm-hmm. they they will not stop talking, Han and Saul. And so anything that happens is narrated by dialogue, not narrated, like soundtracked by dialogue, to the point where, like, I was, I was skimming the dialogue quite a bit. I don't know about you two. Yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like... Um... Once the Raycar gets on board, it felt like the plot, like, kind of picked up a little bit, like... There are a lot of things going on between 
I felt like the, it was a very character-driven story. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rancor poses this interesting sort of threat where, like, sometimes, like, Han's very afraid of it, and then Casal kind of bonds with it, right? And so Later it, on, yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're at the end, yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, like, half... Uh, around halfway through or before that. Oh, I thought that was kind of like a... It's, it's somewhere in there. There's a lot of... It's around halfway through. There's a lot anyway. of little problems they deal with and fix along the way. That's kind of yes. hard to place things. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's hard for me to keep the time I mean, in my head. Anyway, my main point is that it's a kind of feels like it's about their interactions. Like, I don't see, like, a lot of character change in either of them. There is some in Han, I believe. But I see their interactions as being a big source of interest for the story. Like the rancor being this thing that Han hates and this thing that Saul kind of like has a different attitude towards. As you see Saul's attitude towards the rancor develop, you also see Han's attitude towards Saul develop. So I think it's very subtle in a lot of ways. Mm. It was kind of nice. Although Han and Saul were at each other's, not, not each other's throats, but like annoyed each other sometimes. They always mm-hmm. had each other's backs. Yes. Right the second they needed it without without even talking about it. That that was kind of heartwarming, I think, to see it sometimes. Yeah, that yeah. makes it kind of fun to read, I think, seeing yeah. their, like, their care for each other. Would you classify this as a bathtub story, though, where nothing much happens? No, I think things happen because, um, I mean, again, I'm a little critical of that idea <laughs> that I spoke of before, but... Yeah. It's not that because it's not all someone sitting and reflecting. It's an active story that's happening. And what is happening a lot of times poses an immediate threat because the Rancor, at certain points, like Han's very worried that it's going to like eat Casal or eat him if he stays too close to it. So that's like immediate danger. Um, Maybe not like super intense immediate danger, but there's concern there. Then there are times where it's destroying the ship, especially Mm -hmm. later on. Or the the threat of the smell in the ship, just yeah. like making them miserable. Like there there are threats that are happening. Like I think I've read this type of short story before about like someone who's out in the middle of an Arctic um, expanse and is like slowly dying of exposure or frostbite or something, and like mm. trying to light a fire. Oh, you probably read to light a fire. Probably that's probably that's a good story. That sounds it. Yeah, <laughs> this is kind of what I'm reminded of. Of like immediate thing, and they try to fix it. And mm-hmm. there's like a little bit of reflection that's mostly um, talking about what's immediately happening at the moment. Yeah, I think you hit on a good thing there. I'm sorry Dom, to build though. a fire. Yes, uh, thank you. I, I, I forgot that it even had a name, so thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, no, you hit on a good thing there, though. That I was, I think, trying to describe is that there is a point where you're like, are they gonna live through this? Because the like threats to their physical existence become so great. Yeah. Yeah, I think it I think it's more interesting once the rancor is kind of dealing damage to the ship and it's sort of like a <laughs> they need to survive this situation and like keep everything intact long enough to get there. And the dialogue's not bad. Like like you said, Dom, it's it's a good dynamic and it's a fun dynamic. Yeah. It's I, just the the talking doesn't stop and so I just got <laughs> overwhelmed. I didn't skip it because it, the I would have skipped it if the dialogue was hard to get through, mm-hmm. but it went down pretty smoothly, so I just kept going with it. Let me let me randomly flip through this for like a just random sample of dialogue. Okay, okay. here, um, here we go. Sal says at the start of the little sequence, "I need a drink." So does the rancor. Han sighed, peering down at the cargo hold. It is not happy. How many bebups do we have? Don't know. I didn't count. I thought you did. Han bit back his answer. How many beef-ups do you think we have for the five days? Ten a day? I guess. I better go get more. I'll try to reach a sprinkler, Han said. If the rancor pulls me until Javai died a hero's death in his service, <laughs> maybe he'll give me a medal posthumously. I'll pin it on your urn, Zal grinned. <laughs> and just, like, flip to any given page and, like, you have dialogue like that. Yeah. And it's all pretty funny. Yeah. I think that it, points to, like, the entertainment of the story. Is like, the whole development is, like, they get the rancor and they're like, oh man, this thing is huge mm-hmm. and like it's dangerous and scary. And then the person comes out and they're like, okay, you got to feed it. And they bring out all this compressed vegetable matter. And they're like, I thought there were carnivores. And like, oh yeah, that's for the bebop seat. And you have no, no idea what a bebop is, right? And then they're like, look at these little animals. And they draw these little animals out. So like slowly but surely the job gets more and more intense. Mm-hmm. And then as they have to feed the rancor, they have to get the bebups, which are like animals that they can't even tell which 
the head or the butt is on. They can tell after it bites them. After it bites them, because as they try to herd these things into the pen, they get really aggressive. They all get bitten a bunch of times. It's just kind of the hilarity of, like, no instruction is given for this, and they're all just surprised by, like, everything that continues to happen. It's it's also a little bit to give a mouse a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, except it, it ends up with giving a rancor heavy alcohol. Right. That it does, because Casal, the saint, bonds <laughs> with the rancor, and he loves it, and he sings to it. And he gets it drunk and on Tuscan And he gets it goo. drunk on Tuscan <laughs> goo, which did we explain what Tuscan goo yeah, is? Yeah, I mentioned it. Yeah, so they they kind of, uh, the rancor eats some of their brandy, and they drink the rest of their brandy, and now they all they have is Tuscan goo, right? So they're giving it to the rancor. They're giving it to themselves. And they there's also, a point where, yeah, do you want to? Well, they have problems maintaining the ship's systems. And so, like, they have problems filtering the water. Because mm-hmm. the rancor is so stinky. And so they try to use the replicator, not the replicator, that's Star Trek, but <laughs> you, you <laughs> get, they get, get the synthesizer to make food, but doesn't have enough moisture. So because Casal, they used it all to, like, wash the rancor, and yeah. then their water became contaminated with too, its too contaminated, awful smell. Too contaminated to be food safe. Yeah. So... Lacking moisture, Casal hooks up the Tuscan goo to the synthesizer, so now everything they make tastes like Tuscan goo. And is a little bit alcoholic. <laughs> so they're just getting more and more drunk. And that was actually Casal's like initial problem solution because for a while there's a smell in the ship they just can't stand. Mm-hmm. And it's the rancor. And they try to wash it and it just kind of makes it worse. So they're like, okay, let's just like spray the sprinklers on it until the smell's gone. And they know that's going to contaminate the water supply completely. Because Saul's like, well, we got enough alcohol. We'll just drink strictly alcohol. And it strikes me the most that it's a Tuscan goo. Because this is this thing they said that if they didn't dilute it, it would kill them. Mm-hmm. It's like, how is that viable drinking material? <laughs> like, that's like, we don't have any water. Let's drink Everclear. And it's pretty, pretty much it. Like, sailors, they ran out of water, so they drink, like, port or some sort of fortified sure, liquor. Sure, but <laughs> not something that was, like... That intense. Uh, Aqua V or something. Yeah, yeah, something that's, like, you know, 12% alcohol at the most. Yeah. Not something that's, like, a 90% alcohol. 105%. <laughs> oh, my God. So... It's it, not actually possible, but all right. <laughs> in space, it is. <laughs> in the end... They get the rancor to Tatooine. Mm. And, like, the man who's there to pick it up is like, shame on you, the poor creature is filthy. <laughs> I wonder what kind of care he was getting from the two of you. Probably not much. Your whole ship stinks, and this both that, of you look drunk. And this is after, like, barely being able to land by, like, manually holding two wires together and somebody else piloting. <laughs> yeah, because what happened was the bebups, the food, got, because Chewie <laughs> used vegetable oil to, like, oil some of the wires, got in and chewed away some of the wires. Then the rancor, you know, not after out. not being sung to enough by Casal, kind of like burst through some of the panels and got stuck. And they were trying to get it unstuck without dying. They both thought they were going to die. Yeah, they both thought this was just it. We're going to die. We're going to drink yeah. ourselves. And then we're going to be dead. <laughs> so they drank everything they could possibly drink. And they passed out. And they wake <laughs> up. And they're still, a, they're basically about to land. They thought they were going to be dead. It, it's that kind of story where yeah. like... Yeah, it's one thing after another, and it is pretty entertaining in that sort of like zany, drunken and it chaos speeds way. Up. It speeds up. A it does lot. speed and, like, up. They both thought they were going to die, and they woke up, and they were cheerful and chipper and jokeful about it. It's like I don't have any more liquor to get us dead again, so let's make this work, okay, buddy? <laughs> but yeah, that's and, and so, so Han Solo, though. yeah, like, right. it's so Star Wars, yeah. And it's also very fun with the ending that like they deliver the rancor. The inside of the ship is wrecked and smells <laughs> like rancor. Yeah. And, like, you know, Chewie takes a sniff and glance in. He's horrified. He's like, I'm not stepping in until you clean it. But, <laughs> right. But Han and they're and Saul, covered in bruises and bite marks. But Han and Saul are, like, swaggering. They're, like, so proud of themselves for doing this unpaid job that they're, like, way in the hole about. <laughs> Even just because though, they, yeah. like, came out the other side. Han's yeah. ship is destroyed. Like, he's <laughs> got to pay, what did they say, like, a millions of credits? 10,000. 10,000. Mm, yeah. That's a lot. I guess. <laughs> well, it seems like a lot. Yeah. I, I, it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, the, the very end of the fanfic is the the people who, you know, were in the canteen, like, you know, that Han was probably drinking with and saying, like, it'll be a piece of cake, no problem, mm-hmm. are, like, laughing at them and saying, hey, Han, don't tell me it was hard. Nah, Han smiled endearingly. You know, that rancor is really a fine, gentle creature. you got to know how to handle it. <laughs> then why do you two look like something the gull edge dragged in? Oh, that. Saul looked embarrassed. 
Han and I got drunk and had a fight. <laughs> yeah, Han nodded. Happens between friends. When a few doubting souls made disbelieving noises, it was Chewie himself who glared at them, asking whether anyone wanted to call his Corellians liars. I like his Corellians. <laughs> I know, yeah. I love that part. <laughs> Nobody did. And so they walked on with the confident stride of those who routinely survived the impossible. <laughs> End. So this was just like scoundrel swagger the story. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that's cute. Fun. It's yeah. so cute because they go through this together and there are times that Han is, we mostly, we don't really get this from Saul's perspective. We get it from Han's. Yeah. yeah. And there are times where Han is really angry at him. Like there's a time where he's just like inhaling spice and just like drifting <laughs> off to another world. And Han's like, all right, so you just left me to fucking deal with this. Because Kasal was also the one who calmed the rancor, who had kind of formed a bond with it. He's kind of easygoing. I guess he'll be really irritated with someone who's really high-strung like Han. But then when he just, like, dips into Spice Land, he's like, what the fuck? Well, it's unfair for Han to be angry about that, because you need someone to inhale Spice to navigate you know, <laughs> navigate the ship. But the funny Travel part is, is that Han feels like he's going to... There's a part where Han thinks he's totally going to die. He's going to fall into the rancor's pit trying to feed it, etc. I don't remember specifically... But then apparently his friend isn't as doped out on spice as he thought and gets him back up and, and saves his life. Not quite that drugged out, no. Yeah, apparently. I don't know. And th- it's actually a nice point because he's like, his friend Kasal is like, you were calling for help. I heard you. That's how I know you were in danger. And Han's like, no, I was, I was too out of breath to even like call because it smells so much in here. And he's like, Maybe I'm secretly psychic. <laughs> and that's the end of that plot point. <laughs> I, I gotta get my hands on some of that spice. <laughs> <laughs> so, we went through this story. It's fairly short. It went one for medium story, so I assume, like, short story in this context would have been, like, real short. Right. Um, and we've, we've, kind of, we've kind of talked about what we didn't like and liked from it. Well, let me ask, would you read more stories with this character? I'm not sure, because a lot of what I liked about this story was this character in this circumstance. I know what you mean. It yeah. feels like this is the circumstance for your wacky, drunken friend. I'd have to be shown a better proof of concept, I think. How about that shirtless picture? Is that a good proof <laughs> yeah. of concept? <laughs> I've been played yeah. out of the bed. <laughs> on the bed. I, I, I do have to say I'm very curious about the slash fic this involves. The, the relationship between them mm-hmm. really intrigued me. What it sounded like, it seemed like this is one of the few non-slash fic of those two. (laughs) It's funny because, like, I I just didn't, like, really expect a slash fic coming from this. I was like, (laughs) oh, the author thinks they're good friends, whatevs. But I I actually, that makes me so intrigued to read the slash fic because, you know, obviously. One of the many slash fics, yes. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yes, one of the many, of course. But, like, the fact that they can conceive these characters, like, really good friends first makes me like oh well that would be interesting you know yeah i'm not, I'm not sure where this takes place in the, in that timeline like are they slashing together before this after this during this is it just like a thing that's happening on the side along with all this well han doesn't seem to think of him very romantically but it, I, it, it's, it's hard to tell you're right i think in that situation you wouldn't think about anything romantic you just think about not being eaten by rancor okay but when he first <laughs> hires him he's like oh this dude i really like rather than being like hey what's up sexy you know what i mean like i mean yeah. i'm fine with that like i mean that's chill i love that they are friends through this mm-hmm. and that the author still has like relationships where they're sexual like i love that they cannot make everything it's, always a sexual relationship. It's you know? range for, for a relationship, which is... Right. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Which there should be. Yes, because <laughs> all <laughs> human relationships have some sort of range. Right. But it's too often that we see in stories either you're dating or you're not, you're sexual or you're not kind mm. of thing. Yeah. Well, glancing at the ZP Florian Star Wars fanfic archive, Dom, with that picture that you pointed us to, <laughs> we yeah. should probably provide a link there so people can see the picture because yeah. it's worth seeing. <laughs> Let's make it bit.ly slash rfr florian that's f-l-o-r-i-a-n i'll set up the bit.ly great anyway i do see i was just glancing through um flyboys the author says the longest and best han slash sal story oh huh. and i mean if the author says it's the best also it was edited unlike most online fanfics i guess it was also published in a zine originally right this story has been edited by the author and contains new material fancy oh, so and it gives you links to both the original and the edited yep. version which is very nice yeah so 
if you were interested, we could just like actually read, you know, some Han Sol slash recommended by the author. I mean, maybe I put it on, now. Maybe put it on the back burner. Like when we get back to Star Wars Land, we can look at it again. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars Land, <laughs> which is in uh, Disneyland, I think now. <laughs> oh yeah, Star Wars Land. That just doesn't fit with the rest of the Disney kind of. I don't know. Wait, what? N- neither did Pixar, but they they bought them out also. So. I went on the Star Wars ride the first time I went to Disneyland when I was six years old. So. Yeah, okay, that's true. <laughs> Just Star, saying. Star Tours. Star Trip? Star. Yeah, no, it was Tours. Star Tours. <laughs> yeah. I saw someone with a Star Tours t-shirt the other day, I think. Wow. Yeah, no, I must have been... And it was on maybe eight, maybe Terrace eight, House. Oh. <gasps> That's where I saw someone with a Star Tours t-shirt. Now I gotta watch the rest of Terrace House. I love House. that we just gasped at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love Terrace House so much. <laughs> I just couldn't believe I remembered Star Tours. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most delighting experience of my life, by the way. It's all downhill from there after you go see Star Tours. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. I saw real R2-D2. You don't even know. <laughs> One time I went on a Space Mountain after having like been awake for 20 hours. Mm-hmm. That was fucking trippy. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting space mountain after you were up trip, for twenty hours man. in line. <laughs> Not if you get those fast passes though. When don't, I lived in, don't look um, at me when you do that, Amato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I I lived in Mission Viejo, my best friend's uncle had worked at Disneyland, and had fast passes, so we just went there all the time. That sounds cool. Yeah, we went to Disneyland like every month. It was nuts. That's. It right. was like free, and we had fast passes. I don't, I don't even know. My childhood was nuts. I was forget most of you grew up in California. Yep, yep. That's okay. I, I was I, there for four or for three years. That's three okay. Years. I, I still like you guys anyway. So don't don't worry about it. <laughs> it was only three years, Dom. <laughs> well, right. In practice, we're not likely to get back to ZP Florian too quickly because there's this. If we're doing Star Wars fanfic, I'm probably going to do a different type that also won an award of some kind. Well, is there a, a Cassell fanfic that's written by Fernwithy? <laughs> that's our only standard. <laughs> Was it written by Fernwithy? Fernwithy did Harry Potter stuff, right? Yeah. Next time we do Fernwithy, which we will because we've just randomly latched on to her, um, <laughs> then we'll do, we'll do some Harry Potter. Well, yeah. I'm not saying... She's not a good author. I just mean and there's just a lot said of good randomly. Like, <laughs> I mean, on. there's a lot of good authors. Yeah, and like I'm one on that we've just randomly decided to keep returning to it's is Fernwithy. I'll say just every time we do a you know a Star Wars fanfic, I just think wistfully of Fernwithy. Yes, <laughs> because that fanfic was so good. It's so good. We had to record that episode three, four different times. Well, that's true too. <laughs> yeah, it feels, still, it's not random. It's fate. It feels like we've done a lot more Fernwithy than we have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So closing up, anything that we want to complain about? I, I'm just jumping right in. I, that was a rhetorical question. I want to talk about it. <laughs> right. I was just opening the, the segment. Um, I feel like I liked the fanfic the least, and my main problem was the pacing, but not for the usual reasons. Not because it was that bad, just because I found it monotonous to read. Like, I found it kind of, like, the tone didn't vary enough in terms of what was happening or how the writing was. Um, and it was just a writing issue in, for me, such that like even when I recognized that the things that were happening were fun, I couldn't fully get into it. I kind of didn't mind that sort of stuff. I, I, I like sort of things that are just only character moments, mm-hmm. and this is mostly that. What I didn't like was the kind of stress these survival stories cause. Like, mm. I'm a bit of an anxious person in general, so being in a suspended state of a couple hours of thinking about, oh my god, we're going to die soon isn't as much fun for me. <laughs> but I was still able to enjoy it nonetheless, I think. But that, that is my major complaint. <laughs> yeah, does it help to know that obviously everyone's going to be fine? Apparently it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not, yeah. Yeah. I guess Saul could have died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with um, both of those points and like it's an interesting what I've been thinking about is the structure. And I think, you know, the thing I didn't like the most was kind of the repetition 
um, learning that Han and Casal go on to like have romantic fanfics in this was kind of surprising because there's so often that Han is very negative about his friend's behavior. Yeah, you kind of saw, but, saw Casal as like a slacker friend. Right, but then Casal does come through. It's just that Han consistently is like, "Wow, you failed me," but then he still comes through. So seeing that happen over and over again kind of makes you like not like Han's perspective on him, maybe or or almost like want to doubt the character the same way Han does, but then the character comes through. But the reasons the character comes through are never clear. Like, such as the instance where he's, like, totally drunk or totally, like, out of and on spice. And his only explanation for why he's able to save Han is, like, maybe I'm somehow psychic and had a premonition. It's like... Well, it is Star Wars. That's not out of the question. No, it's not. (laughs) But it's not fully explained. So, like, I feel like there's the dislike there is, like you keep seeing the character through Han's eyes is like slacking off, but Han still likes him. So there's a disconnect. Like maybe it's explained later that Casal is like force sensitive or something. Yeah. But like, there's no explanation in the story. So I'd say that's a dislike. All right. But is there anything that we want to praise that we didn't get to? Cause we, you know, we stepped through the plot pretty quickly. Um, something I liked was the, uh, sort of incidental world building of the billions. I'm oh, not yeah, sure yeah. they're mentioned in other Star Wars lore, but they kind of they're the they're they're the they're the race that has the rancor initially and sort of squeezes Han for more credits in order to like accommodate and like move the rancor. And just little offhand comments about like the traitor stood behind them waving his tentacles. <laughs> yeah. And like they say, I need to get get home, I need to incubate my eggs. The heat lamp just, just won't do right. <laughs> just little things like that. And also how the Bellion addressed uh, Han and Casal as gentle beings, which I think I might appropriate. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice when you get away from the human centricness of Star Wars. Yeah. you know, as movies. Yeah, I think I might just use gentle beings as a polite, non-gendered word. It's hard to find polite words. I know, it's nice, huh? Yeah, gentle folk. I like folk. Folk <laughs> still seems yeah. kind of masculine to me. I don't know. Oh, really? Really? Vaguely. Uh, I mean, I grew up kind of with my my folks, my parents, yeah. you know, my folks. Uh, being from the Midwest, you just kind of kind of just say folks and you mean people. So I do, but like I do imagine folks as a mix of men and women. And I, I, see, I could see a group of men being a folks. But I'm not sure I'd see a group of women say folks. Hmm. I, I couldn't see that. I, yeah. I'm not sure if I feel the same way, but I, under, I understand that. I definitely support that usage, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I get it, though. Yeah. Because we do live kind of in that culture where everything is male-centered, so... Also, I'm learning Spanish at the moment, and the whole nosotros, nosotras thing, where there's one guy that's nosotros. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know that, you know, just a side note, in Spanish you can always use the um, the X to replace the, the A or the O. Yeah. Um, it's hard to speak it, though. Anyway, like, something I really liked about this fan fiction was, like, some of the pacing. Like, I was trying to define it in my head. I feel like it's kind of like a series of ensuing disasters, Mm -hmm. which feels kind of Star Wars to me, especially if you're talking about, like, Han flying the Falcon. It's always, like, a series of ensuing disasters. But within it is the threat of this relationship. And well, I have my criticisms because I'm like, how can they love each other when Han's being so negative about his friend and, like... The ways his friend pulls through aren't fully acknowledged all the time. I still see that as being like kind of this positive relationship thread where it's like every time they're going to die, something about their relationship saves them. And I think that's really sweet. And especially Saul being so loving to the Rancor when Han is typically Han and is like, I hate this ugly, foul beast. Because <laughs> Saul's love for the Rancor kind of like pulls through and helps even if Han doesn't fully acknowledge it I feel like that's a really positive thread through a series of disasters that could feel very anxious as Mm -hmm. you mentioned Dom it's like Casal's attitude that uplifted me through all of this (laughs) even though you don't see inside his head a lot his actions are so positive I think that's our best Harrison Ford impression of the night (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't thought about it in that way thematically Tori but that does make me appreciate the the kind of pattern more Mm-hmm. But you're right. It is very consistent that, like, you you go in expecting Saul to be, like, part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And he's not really. No, he, he's, part he's of, more the solution. He's part of the solution. Like, he's, yeah. he's a good guy. Like, actively helpful and, like, you know, 
actively trying and, you know. Just as helpful as Han is. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I mean, he, he signed on. He didn't yeah. even make a drunken promise, right? <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's just, just being very there helpful. for his friend. He's yeah. very sweet. And it's kind of sad that Han doesn't seem to see that all the time. But I think there's this it, it kind of implication that he acknowledges it internally because he still loves his friend. And I think that's very sweet. Then I think we're going to close it out. Um, we've had a couple of short episodes and short fanfics, and that's fine. Next time, things get longer. And uh, probably angstier if I understand this fanfic directly. If I understand this fanfic correctly. The fanfic is going to be synonymy. I think that's how you say it. It's S-Y-N-O-N-Y-M-Y. And it's a Kingdom Hearts fanfic. Oh, so that's why you couldn't understand it or not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand anything about Kingdom Hearts. I understand that Goofy hits things with a shield and Donald uses magic. Wait, is Goofy Shield Dog from Pokemon Shield? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It all ties together. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) But that would be pretty great if the other box legendary was a wand duck. A wand duck. Yeah. I don't like that phrase. It strikes me wrong. (laughs) It's farfetched. Boo. Uh, No, no. Tori's just completely correct. Boo. (laughs) Don't boo me. Um, I know what I'm talking about. No, I wasn't. I was calling for Lou. (laughs) My favorite thing was people joking when the names for Sword and Shield were announced. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't wait for the... The fights about which box legendary is better, Age of Slash or Age of Slash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dear God. Anyway, Kingdom Hearts. And when I say Kingdom Hearts, I think I mean Kingdom Hearts, not even Kingdom Hearts 2. Because this fanfic is from 2002 by someone named Ruaki. R-U-A-K-I. Does it take, take into account Death by Sleep? And 380-something <sighs> over something else? It might have <laughs> chain of memories. <laughs> and... Uh, how much time travels in this? <laughs> I don't I don't really want to think about the Kingdom Hearts plot, <laughs> which is good because I think this fanfic is just Sora Riku Kairi angst. Um, oh, is that good? No, but it's a different kind of bad. <laughs> we are going to be hopefully having a guest on if everything works out who actually knows their Kingdom Hearts, which mm-hmm. is, you know, takes at least an undergraduate four-year degree. <laughs> Um, some have heard, yeah. Some amount of master's credits, ideally. <laughs> and I think, Tor, you're going to be joining us for that, and Dom. I'll be saying snide things from the sidelines. Something like that. I'll be shouting on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> you can find a link to the fanfic at bit.ly slash rfr. I'm not going to do the actual title of the fanfic. Let's do bit.ly slash rfr hearts. If I need to... We'll work it's it okay. out later. We'll work it out later if we do other Kingdom Hearts, okay? Yes. It's just Or hearts. anything involving hearts. Or anything. Like <sighs> like a fanfic based on the second Sailor Moon movie. Hearts and Ice. Hearts and Ice. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I that was my favorite movie. Such a nerd. <laughs> um, the R movie's better, Tori. No, but I'm, Luna... I'm going to fight you. No, I'm not saying it's worse or better. It's oh, just, it was your it's favorite. My favorite. Which I guess you can have opinions. Luna going in love and like turning into a human. But, so sweet. Which one is the one where a uh, uh, tuxedo max gets killed by Bon Bon Oh, that's the third movie. Yeah. That's the best one. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the best one. He doesn't get right. get killed. He's just, just hospitalized. Yeah. <laughs> For some by reason, bon bon it, which is also a theme because he's hospitalized in the R movie too. So. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean. He's in yeah, he's incapacitated you know I mean. in various ways quite a bit. Yeah. So why aren't we talking about that next week? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Kingdom Hearts. Because I'm actively trying not to flood us with Sailor Moon content, Dom. We, we all why? appreciate your restraint. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but you know, it's been a while. We should probably do some Sailor Moon again. Yeah, yeah. Make Thanks it for reminding again. me. Yeah. <laughs> this fanfic. Uh, we'll talk about it next time. As for this, this was episode... 43 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective Ranker Delivery by ZP Florian. You can find a link there at bit.ly slash RFR Ranker. The intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find this album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. 
You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective at, uh, not at podbean.com. It's a website. <laughs> retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic or Twitter at retrofanfic or Facebook at retrofanfic or email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. And really, the internet <laughs> cannot all be absorbed into Google fast enough for my liking. Right. So we just have one contact. Well, also, all these uh, links will be in the description. Yes, that also. So I don't even need to say them. I can just say, read the description for links to contact us. You yeah, could. Yeah. That, might be, yeah. that might be easier. Now that there's so many internet things. So many internet thing I'm a Bob is widgets. Do you call them that? <laughs> I, the proper plural is internets. Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah, so Back internets. when we started this project last year, there were just so few internet things. And now there's so many. <laughs> well, as far as I knew at the time... Is Vine Vine still a thing? Can we, can we be on Vine? <laughs> we can be on Vine for like four seconds. Can we be? Uh, no, it's ten seconds. <laughs> Is that right? It was. It's pretty long. <laughs> Wait, it was? Oh my god, everything's changing so fast. <laughs> okay. Please contact us at a place. At a time. At a time. We'll, we'll, we'll try to be nice, we promise. Yeah, yeah we're usually nice. Yeah. We're usually trying to be nice <laughs> to each other. Right. You, on the other hand. And speaking of which, I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Dom. We're just three gentle beings trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. All right, who's ready for some Kessel brandy? As far as a glass. That uh, gives me the Kessel runs. That's not <laughs> My God. <laughs> How long have you been holding on to that joke? Uh, it just came to me three seconds ago. No. No. There's our vine. And destroyed. <laughs> I can't even believe it. I thought I was the funniest one, but it's it's all over now. Not the poop joke I'm on from downtown. Slow, just <laughs> dang. I'm still reeling, man. Ugh. I know, man. The world will never be the same. Having kids <laughs> gives you elite access to potty humor, right. in my opinion. <laughs>